Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Trust and Rely on the Lord, as we pick up in Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. The nation is going downhill. Jeremiah can see that the nation is going downhill. And wicked men are in control and guiding it downhill. God, why have you allowed the wicked to prosper? Why have you allowed the wicked to take over and to guide the people in this way of destruction? And God just says, hey, fasten your seatbelt, man. It's going to really get tough. You've been running with a footman. They worried you, but hey, you're soon going to be racing with the horses. Now you're going to just have to trust in me. You're just going to have to hold on. I will see you through. I'll bring you through it. But you're going to have to have complete trust and reliance on me. For Jeremiah, even your brothers from the house of your father, your own brothers, flesh and blood, even they have dealt treacherously with you. They have called a multitude of people after you. So don't believe them, though they speak fair words to you. Though they come and say, oh, Jeremiah, what a neat brother, you know. Don't believe them. They're, they're, they're conspiring against you. God now declares concerning the nation Israel, I have forsaken my house. I have left my heritage. I have given the dearly beloved of my soul into the hand of their enemies. Now notice how God still talks of Israel, the dearly beloved of my soul. God still loves them. You remember the rich young ruler that came to Jesus said, hey, what do I have to do to inherit age-abiding life? Jesus said, keep the commandments. He says, which ones? And Jesus talked to him about the commandments that dealt with his relationship with his fellow men. And he said, I've kept all these from my youth. What I lack yet. Jesus said, well, if you want to be perfect, go and take your goods and sell them and distribute among the poor your wealth and then come and follow me. And it said he went away sad because he had great riches. Now, you thought that if you had great riches, you'd be very happy. Here's a case where great riches made a man very sad. But it says Jesus looked upon him and loved him. This guy had a quality that was admirable. It drew out love from Jesus as, as he saw the sincerity in the guy's heart. Jesus looked upon him and loved him. But the guy couldn't pay the price. He went away sad, no sadder than Jesus, because Jesus loved him. And, and he speaks of the people, though they have forsaken, though they're going down the tubes, though you know, they've turned their back on God, God still calls them the beloved of my soul. Oh, how great is God's love. My heritage is unto me as a lion in the forest. It cries out against me. Therefore have I hated it. My heritage is unto me as a speckled bird. Now, as a, uh, as a you know, birds or, or hens are, are very, very mean. If you have a, a, a chick that is deformed in some way or looks different, they'll peck it to death. That's where that term hen pecking came from. Not from wives, but from chickens. <laughs> that a a, a Bird that is odd, they'll, they'll peck the thing to death. And so here a speckled bird would be pecked by the other birds. 
And God says, Israel's become like a speckled bird. The birds round about are against her. Come and assemble all of the beasts of the field. Come to devour. For many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. The shepherds have destroyed. I think today of how many men who take the title of pastor who are really destroying the fields, the flock of God, leading them astray. They have made it desolate, and being desolate, it mourns unto me. The whole land is made desolate because no man really lays it to heart. I think that one of the greatest problems that we're facing today is that we are living in a desperate world. Things are really getting desperate. Look at the moral situation of our country. Look at the moral climate. It's getting desperate. Look at the economic situation. It's getting desperate. Look at the international situation. It's getting desperate. But God's people aren't desperate. I think the time has come when we really need to take it to heart and get desperate before the Lord. When we need to really gather together more and more, assemble for prayer that God will send a revival that will really stir the nation at its very core, at its very heart, because we're going down the tube fast. But no one's laying it to heart. And God said this was the problem. Things are going down, but no one's really laying it to heart. We say, oh, my, isn't that horrible? And that's it. We're not really getting desperate before God over the situation. No man is really laying it to heart. The spoilers are come upon all the high places through the wilderness. For the sword of the Lord shall devour from one end of the land even to the other end of the land, and no flesh shall have peace. They have sown wheat, but they're going to reap thorns. They have put themselves to pain, but shall not profit. And they shall be ashamed of your revenues because of the fierce anger of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord against all my evil neighbors that touch the inheritance which I have caused my people Israel to inherit. Behold, I will pluck them out of their land and pluck them out of the house of Judah from among them. And it shall come to pass after that I have plucked them out, I will return and have compassion on them and will bring them again, every man to his heritage and every man to his land. And it shall come to pass if they will diligently learn the ways of my people to swear by my name, saying, The Lord liveth, even as they have taught my people to swear by Bel, then shall they be built in the midst of my people. Now God promises he's going to take them out of the land. They're going to uh, be out. It, further on in Jeremiah, he predicts that it'll be for 70 years that they'll be out of the land. But God said, if they will not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation. If they come back and obey me, then we'll set things up. But if not, then I'm going to destroy them. Thus saith the Lord unto me, <laughs> go down and buy a linen girdle and put it on, but don't wash it. So I got the girdle according to the word of the Lord, and I put it on. And the word of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying, Take the girdle that you have purchased, that you've been wearing, and go to the river Euphrates and hide it there under a rock. So I hid it by the river Euphrates, as the Lord commanded me. And it came to pass after many days that the Lord said unto me, Arise and go to the Euphrates and take the girdle from there, which I commanded you to hide, and I went to the river Euphrates and digged, and I took the girdle from the place where I had hid it. And behold, the girdle was marred. It was profitable for nothing. As you can imagine, if you take a linen girdle and, and put it under a rock and 
you know, the whole thing, when you go back later and get the thing, the bugs that have eaten holes in it, and the, and the thing is just, you know, good for nothing, as he said. Now God says, put it on and wear it back through the streets again and preach to the people. Now they saw him when he first had this beautiful linen girdle. Oh, wow, look at that, you know, one to draw attention. But now as he wears the thing again, yuck, what's he wearing that holy, filthy thing for? But this was an illustrated sermon. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, After this manner will I mar the pride of Judah, the great pride of Jerusalem. This evil people which refuse to hear my words, which walk in the imagination of their heart and walk after other gods to serve them and worship them, shall even be as this girdle which is good for nothing. For as the girdle cleaves to the loins of a man, so have I caused to cleave unto me the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah, saith the Lord, that they might be unto me for a people and for a name and for a praise and for a glory, but they would not hear. Therefore thou shalt speak them this word. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. And so he goes into the next thing. But the, the idea with the girdle was that the nation was once bound to God. And as it was bound to God, it was a beautiful thing. A people worshiping God, serving God, bound to God. But when they have turned from God, that which was once beautiful and glorious has become ugly and repulsive. That same nation that once was the glory of the earth, as God's love and blessings were showered upon it, has now become the curse of the earth as they have removed themselves from that place of nearness to God, and they become good for nothing. There's an interesting book called The Light and the Glory in which they trace the historic roots of the United States and show how that God had a very definite hand in the founding of this nation, even as he did in the founding of the nation of Israel. God's hand was upon the founding fathers, and, and it's a beautiful book, The Light and the Glory, giving you historic insights to our nation that you don't find in the public textbooks in your school system because they don't want you to know the spiritual roots of the nation. They'd like to hide that from you. But this nation was born of God as a light to the world. And God's blessing was upon it. They, they wrote the song, America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. And, and songs that reflected the, the nation's relationship to God. And men were conscious that it was God that had blessed and made our nation great, but they're trying to hide that truth from the children today. And they're trying to hold up the God of capitalism, free enterprise, and they're saying it's free enterprise that has made us strong. Now fight for free enterprise. Fight for the capitalistic system. They can't inspire me to fight for free enterprise of the capitalistic system. I'll fight for the freedom that we have been given by God to worship him, to serve him. I love that. But it's tragic that we have turned from the basic roots upon which the nation was founded. 
We were once beautiful. Before the world, God's blessing was upon our land. But we, like the linen girdle, are becoming good for nothing in the eyes of the world. Even in, I was in Canada. I was on a radio talk show in Canada. You'd be amazed at how many called in and were angry at me just because I was from the United States. All of the bitterness that they have towards the U.S. Over in England, we found a lot of bitterness just because I'm from the U.S. We, we were once the glory of the world, but now we are becoming hated throughout the world. We've traveled in some parts of the world where the people look at you and just spit at you. They don't even know you. But they recognize you as because of the way you dress. Nobody dresses like Americans. And they can spot you a mile away. And they'll just, when they get near you, they'll just spit at you, which is an oriental sign of disgust and disdain. Oh, it's sad. When a nation turns from God to find its fulfillment and satisfaction in something other than God. Once a beautiful garment. Now, in verse 12, the second thing, speak this to them, the proverb sort of. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, every bottle will be filled with wine. And they will say unto you, don't we know that every bottle is going to be filled with wine? Because they were preaching a, a message of prosperity, you know, two cars in every garage. <laughs> then shalt thou say unto them, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will fill all the inhabitants of the land even the kings that sit upon David's throne and the priests, the prophets, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with drunkenness. And I will dash them one against another, even as the fathers, the sons, together, saith the Lord. I will not pity nor spare nor have mercy, but destroy them. Hear ye and give ear. Be not proud, for the Lord hath spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he causes darkness before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains while you look for light, and he turns it into the shadow of death and make it gross darkness. But if you will not hear it, for my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride, and my eyes shall weep sore and run down with tears because the Lord's flock is carried away captive. Now, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet, and this is one of his references to his weeping. God is giving them a message of warning. If you won't hear it, then he said, in the secret place, my eye will weep sore and run down with tears. You know, this is an interesting thing. We, we look at a, a minister and we're prone to just say, oh, he's just a hellfire damnation, you know, fire and brimstone preacher. And, and we're, we're, we're prone to just, uh, if a man comes and pronounces the judgment of God that is coming, we're prone to just sort of say, ah, he's filled with hatred and everything else. Well, that may be the case in, in some, you know. But here with Jeremiah, here he's pronouncing the horrible judgment of God, but he's weeping. He's not, you know, smacking his lips and saying, boy, God's going to smack you, brother. Hardly wait. But he's, he's going and weeping over the condition of the people because they will not respond to the message of God. Say to the king and to the queen, humble yourself, sit down, for your principality shall come down, even the crown of your glory. 
The cities of the south shall be shut up. None of them will be opened. That is, they'll be shut up in the, into a sieges. Judah shall be carried away captive, all of it, and shall be wholly carried away captive. Lift up your eyes and behold them that come from the north. Where is the flock that was given thee, thy beautiful flock? What will you say when he will punish you? For you have taught them to be captains, and as chief over thee shall not sorrows take thee as a woman who is in travail. And if you say in your heart, Wherefore come these things upon me? For the greatness of thy iniquity are thy skirts discovered and thy heels made bare. Can an Ethiopian change his skin or a leopard his spots? Then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. No, a man cannot change his nature. Only God can change a man's nature by the Holy Spirit. A leopard can't change its spots. You are what you are by nature. And if you have not received Jesus Christ, you're a sinner by nature. You can't be righteous, even though you try. It's impossible. You need a new nature. I don't care. You can take a pig out of the pigsty, give him a bath with deodorant soap, spray him with perfume, put a bow around his neck and let him go and he'll go right back to the mud and just roll over and wallow in it and all. That's his, that's his environment. He loves it. That's his nature, loving to just wallow in the mud. And that's the nature of some people. You know, you can clean them up, give them a new act, and, and you know, you can say, oh, it's their environment, you know, and let's bring them out of that environment and let's clean them up and all. Hey, but it's their nature. Let them go and they go right back. You need a change of nature. That's why Jesus said, hey, don't, don't be surprised when I say, don't marvel. And I say, you've got to be born again. That's the answer. A change of nature, and that's what's accomplished by the Spirit of God. He changes my nature. People say, well, I can never be a Christian. I don't want to be, you know, uh, I don't want to be a hypocrite, but I can never live that life. And so they don't accept the Lord because they say, well, I can never do it. Of course you can't do it. And no one expects you to do it. You can't do it apart from the power and the work of the Holy Spirit and giving you a new nature. But God, that's what he does. He gives me a whole new nature, a nature that is after him. So God speaks about the fact that a man is what he is by nature. He cannot change except by God's power. Therefore will I scatter them as stubble that passes away by the wind of the wilderness. This is your lot, the portion of thy measures from me, saith the Lord, because you have forgotten me. This is what's going to happen, because you've forgotten me and trusted in a lie. Therefore will I discover thy skirts upon thy face, that thy shame may appear. I have seen your adulteries, the nayings, the lewdness, thy whoredoms, the abominations in the hills and in the fields. Woe unto thee, O Jerusalem! Wilt thou not be made clean? When shall it once be? Now the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the drought, for a drought filled the land. Judah mourns, the gates languish, they are black upon the ground, and the cry of Jerusalem has gone up. And their nobles have sent their little ones to the water holes, 
But they came to the water holes and found no water, so they returned with their vessels empty. They were ashamed and confounded, and they covered their heads. Because the ground is chapped, for there was no rain in the earth, and the plowmen were ashamed, they covered their heads. Yea, the hind also uh, calved in the field, but it forsook the calf because there was no grass. And the wild asses did stand in the high places. They snuffed up the wind like dragons. Their eyes did fail because there was no grass. O Lord, though our iniquities testify against us, do thou it for thy name's sake, for our backslidings are many. We have sinned against thee. So the message that God gave to Jeremiah concerning the drought. And then he prays, O the hope of Israel, the saving thereof in the time of trouble. Why should you be as a stranger in the land and as a wayfaring man that turns aside to tarry for a night? Why should you be as a man that is astonished, as a mighty man that cannot save? Yet thou, O Lord, are in the midst of us and we are called by thy name. Don't leave us. So Jeremiah continues to intercede, though God told him not to. verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Jeremiah 12 through 14 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the Lord be with you and keep you in His love and grace, watching over you, guiding you, protecting you through this week. May you be enriched in Christ Jesus in all things. And may your understanding of God's love be increased day by day as you begin to fathom the depths, experience the heights of God's love and grace and mercies. Through Jesus, our Lord. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Undoubtedly, one of the most glaring signs that our society is in trouble is the breakdown of the family unit. Marriages just aren't making it today, and kids are suffering as they watch the breakup of their homes. Those marriages still holding together are often plagued by conflict and turmoil, making the home a battleground instead of a refuge. 
That's why The Word for Today would like to present Pastor Chuck Smith's Marriage and Family MP3, where Pastor Chuck discusses basic biblical principles to keep a family's love alive. Each member of the family has a different set of needs and responsibilities. And when you know and apply God's principles, everyone in the family can experience real peace, real joy, and an agape love. To order your copy of the Marriage and Family MP3 by Chuck Smith, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.